Welcome, everybody, to Biscuits and Groovy. My name is Tyler. Yep, and I'm Alex. This week, Alex and I have been listening to The Smashing Pumpkins. The Smashing Pumpkins? Yeah, I thought that forever. Right. That was just Smashing Pumpkins? That was just Smashing Pumpkins. Well, let's have a just quick one-minute discussion. Do you feel like the bands are, it makes more sense, like it's catchier than non-the bands? The Beatles versus Led Zeppelin versus the Rolling Stones, right? It's the Rolling Stones? Yeah. And The Smashing Pumpkins... But see, but I thought Queen. forever. Like, I want to know if they changed it because I thought Pink forever Floyd. it was Smashing Pumpkins, which I think in my mind, Smashing Pumpkins. Well, and is the thing it says, cool. the Smashing Pumpkins right. or Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know. Or Smashing Pumpkins. That's what it says in that the very first line of Wikipedia, right there. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get more into that. But like, what do you do? You feel like you prefer either one? Do you feel like if you we've? I mean, we were Leaping Gnome. We were the Leaping Gnome. We were the 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 four fifty ones. That makes more sense, though. Can't be four fifty ones. Exactly. It kind of depends on what. the what Well, I mean, okay. It. So they their album covers have the Smashing Pumpkins. Do that. Okay. Yeah, well, so, here we go. So Yolo. We're talking about the Smashing Pumpkins. And our first song is Rhinosaurus. Mm-hmm. Rhinoceros. Mm-hmm. Either way. Yeah, yeah. From Gish. Gish. Album one. Yeah, album one. Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety one. Okay. Here we go.
Okay, that was it. That was really it. Now it's bury me. It, it floated to bury me, kind of. Yes. Okay. Very, Very interesting. So. I mean, yeah, you did not, as an audience, collectively take hallucinogens just barely. That's really the ending of that song. Yes. Yes. Well, you might as well have. Yeah, exactly. They probably did their fair share of hallucinogenics. Halluth. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's fair to say they've probably done their fair share of most things. Yeah, especially played music. A lot of music. I mean, I'm I'm gonna assume that you probably didn't. You probably made the same decision I did when looking at like the bonus versions of these albums, where it's like 90 tracks on some of them. Oh, and and just like went into like you're like you know what? Sorry, I'm not gonna get into that. I'm looking at the. Like the super deluxe of a door. Yeah, exactly. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, as far as number of songs actually released by a band, this is far and away probably the most Long of any band we've done. Dude, yeah. Oh, Doors, Super different Deluxe. Versions. Yeah. Almost seven hours of music. Yeah. Live versions, demo versions of different tracks. Yeah, it wasn't Yeah. But, I mean, either way, though, that, that there's something to be said about that, about a band that, that yep. feels that, like, enough versions of the same song are good enough to release. That like you know they 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 play well live, yeah, um, and they record well, and I think their songs probably have enough variety to them that as they're kind of coming into fruition, the demo versions are different enough that fans would care enough to to listen to them. Sure, you know what I mean. And I think most bands, their diehard fans, will love to see every version of every song. You know what I mean? It's it's interesting to as a big fan of a band, like you know what I mean. If, for me, if all them witches was to release like a super deluxe version of all their albums, I would be down. I'd be like, I want to hear every, every version song. of every, yeah, yeah. From, the, from the beginning when it was just on acoustic guitar, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. However it came into writing, that's something that's really interesting. And I think that's a thing that maybe is, is missing in today's world. People f- feel like things need to be polished and finished. Sure. To be released. Where's, like the, maybe where's, not. where's the passion? Sure. I feel that. And I think we're going to get into that because to me, I feel like, the last few albums from from Smashing Pumpkins, the Smashing Pumpkins, ooh, almost missed that. Uh, got a little too polished for my for my taste. Interesting. And I don't know. Uh, yes, we can get it. Yeah, we'll jump into that. Yeah, we'll, hit the one, hit, we'll hit the one, then we'll jump. But I would say their 2000 year album, album that came out in 2000, that sounded like about as 2000 sure album as you could ever imagine. Yeah, I feel that. And then the 2014 2018 one was a no go for me. Yeah, whatsoever. yeah. Like I mean. I picked one wasn't bad. from yeah from from the most recent one, uh, and I really did like it. Um, but I mostly picked it to get that that full range. Oh, okay. Just to see that, but but I really did like that song too. We'll get to it. that's the last one we'll do. But so, what did you feel about Rhinoceros? Rhinoceros, dude, was I like. Um, okay, so I feel like this kind of sets the tone really well. That's a really good Smashing Pumpkins. Um, even just like that, kind of like the grunge, you know, Smashing Pumpkins and like Nirvana mm-hmm. is going to be kind of. Collectively, yeah, I'm. I feel like uh, this, this whole week I was think like kind of would hear other bands in the Smashing Pumpkins music, and I I had to check myself to be like, did this album that I feel like this sounds like was it released before or after? Kind of to see who was influencing whom, and I feel like most of the time, the other band that I thought it sounded like was was before. So basically, I feel like what it means is the Smashing Pumpkins were taking in a lot of music. It sounds like to me, they were always aware of who was around them, what were other people doing and saying, Oh, can we take this? Can we, and change it, make it our own, whatever. Like there's one, um, the album melancholy and the infinite sadness. It sounded so much to me like, um, Oh my gosh, losing my religion. Uh, REM. Okay. That album is like, I was like, Oh my gosh, this whole album sounds exactly like that to me. 
and I'm much more well versed in REM's music, but we'll get into it. Cause we, I mean, you chose 1979. Um, I do. Yeah. And, uh, that's from that album. But I, I mean, this one, I heard a ton of, of, um, Nirvana. Yep. And I mean, a lot of like dream pop, almost like, um, who are the guys that do, I'll look them up right now. The dream pop. Yeah. The dream pop. So it'd be like, um, it's, it's very British type of music. Let's see. I, got, I, got, I got dream, dream pop right here. Well, let me look up. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, there's a gonna, song called Lullaby. Get... It's by this band. I can't remember think of the name now. Lullaby. My Bloody Valentine. Not my. I mean, that they're they're kind of a more of a shoegaze. Ooh, Mazy Star. Mazy Star. Mazy Star. Um, I like the that Cure. Band. The Cure is what I'm thinking uh... of. So very much the Cure. Well, okay, that's what they said right here. That initially their first show that they played. What did I just read? It. Um, they were completely into sad rock, the cure kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, sure. And it took two or three practices for, went the new drummer that they realized, no, we can rock, you know, okay. we can play way harder. Rock harder. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, the grunginess and especially the really heavy fuzzed out guitars. Um, as far as like musically, musically that's what they play, but lyrically. And I feel like the, the sentiment behind the music is very much dream pop and like, tender like the cure okay i don't know like it's 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 sad lyrics with angry music and so in a way it's like the real roots of emo in a way yeah i mean i, I feel like a lot of emo bands from probably early 2000s probably, probably yeah probably were like oh yeah smash pumpkins was what i grew up with yeah gothic rock yeah yeah a lot of goth rock things like that mm-hmm. less punk than than goth is and as far as i understand it but yeah, like more metal than than punk in a way. Like sure. some of, some of these these fat guitar lines are just really metally. Yeah, metally thrashy in a way. You know what else is metal? The Bible. Is it? The Bible's super metal, dude. Why do you bring that up? Oh, it's just we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I agree though. <laughs> some of the stories, man. There's one where the girl drives a stake through a guy's head. Yeah, it's my, it's metal, bro. Very metal. Fighting giants. Yes. Yeah, it's metal. I've have you ever uh, thought about being a a biblical rock band where all of our, our songs are about biblical stories but That'd like cool. through tons of metaphor yeah, maybe we have a new band idea there we go okay well, what would we name it um i feel like you have to name it goliath I'm yeah sure you know. <laughs> okay well let's do the next song dude and a killer song the best of the best when it comes to My smash pumpkins i think i think everybody loves this song How everybody who's not? i think everybody's heard this song too at some point this is gonna be one of those everybody's songs in like, rock music i would agree with well, I just think pretty much anybody. I, was anybody. Maybe, I maybe not these kids born after the year like That's what I'm saying. 2006. But hey. I work with a lot of young kids at, at, at Roadhouse. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm influenced by their culture a lot of the time. So I forget that How, the world is not that young. Yeah. Most people are not that young. Well, whatever. But Sherub, 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 Sherub Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. Sherub. That's biblical. It is biblical. Um, what al- what years and what album is this from? 90, Siamese 90, Dream. 93. Okay, so two years later. Yes.
Yeah, if this, I think if anything says about that, it's that last little screech of the guitar tone. It's just so distorted. Yeah, cool. Very cool. It's very cool. Yeah, it's dirty. It's raw, and but but at the same time, it's it's very tight. Like, I mean, if you take the, those first drum rolls as an example, those things are military as could be. You know. Yeah. It's it's so controlled, and I think a lot of times grunge gets gets the uh, like the bad rep that like the the players or the musicians were like sloppy and didn't care about their craft like they were more just like about making noise but it's like no it's it's a they they can play very tight and they can play their instruments very well and i mean those guitar solos like that to me is one of my favorite guitar solos ever yeah i, I mean that's so it's such a crazy sound um but they weren't sacrificing like the rawness for for perfection like you know th- this music wasn't about playing everything down to the gnat's ass right in time yeah it was all about getting emotion across hmm. and i think it's it's super cool they can do that but yet still also i respect them as a musician like i'm like man this is this crazy good players and i think i mean billy corgan's voice is not my favorite like i don't think he would have worked in almost any other setting like if, sure. if I get to hear him in any other band, I'd be like, mm, probably not. It, it works here, but often that's why I, I, when I'm listening, I'm like, I wish somebody else was singing. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, I, sure. like, do you share that or not really? No, I mean, I feel like it's just so associated with at this point. So sure. But I, yeah, I mean, he doesn't have like he doesn't have this like stellar voice. Right. In case, He's not Chris Cornell. Like Chris Cornell to me is like yeah. this virtuosic singer that was in the grunge world, and to me, Soundgarden and Audio Slave are much more fun to listen to because of Chris Cornell's voice. Oh yeah, dude, his voice was yeah on a different level. It really was. Um so this song and shout out to the girlfriend cuz she loves this song and she was looking this up. Okay. Um so Billy Corgan insisted the song to be released as the first single of the album. Okay. And then the record exclusively said it was going to be they needed it to be today, but okay. then Corgan Wishes were honored, and it ended up be that today was bigger okay. than this song, um, and this song was also nominated for a Grammy. Interesting, did it win or no? Looks um, like it did so. not. I don't think it won, but still. But yeah, but I mean, if, I mean, still, yeah, nomination. That's that's incredible. Shout out. Yeah, and oh, man, it it really makes me wonder, like, or I guess it makes me like mourn the fact that a song like this would never be nominated for, a, I don't know, a Grammy today. No way. Like, and I mean, obviously there's like rock genres, but the, it's like the killers two door cinema club. Like it's like all these bands that are more pop than anything, honestly. Sure. And it's like, I think I'm pretty sure the Grammys, it's actually rock slash metal. Like they combine those things into one, you know what I mean? And so it's like, not even fair. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, okay. So you get Mastodon up against the killers. Like how are those two things even comparable? You know what yeah. I mean? And they're, they're really not. And so like. You know, I, what, does, what does it say was nominated? Like, does it say what category it was nominated for? Um, I can't find it. Because back then it might it might have been different um, categories. Like, they might have changed it since then. But oh well, if we can't see it, that's fine. Yeah, but, I mean, let me let me just like, I keep Google looking that. for it. But but um, either way though, once again, great great example of of their sound. Very heavy wall of sound guitars. Um, the drums are just super like the snare is super tight, snappy. Um, 
Best Hard Rock Performance. That's it's Best Hard Rock, okay. With vo- with vocals at the Grammy Awards of 94. Okay. Hmm. There you go. So, I don't know. Whatever. Hard Rock. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if... I want to say maybe they have Hard Rock and Metal as combined into one now. That's called the Best Hard Rock Metal Performance. Yeah. Is the category. But, it's lazy. Um, yeah, it is lazy. Those are different things. But whatever. Hey, it is yeah, what it is. We ain't ever going to be involved in that world, I'm sure. So I don't gotta I don't gotta complain too much. Cherub though. Yes. Cherubs are interesting. Cherub rock. What 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 about it? I mean it mentions uh beware of these angels with their wings cl- glued on. That's kind of the line to me, like the best line in the song in my mind. And you know, cherubs being connected with angels. Um Yeah, the baby angels. Yeah, the little little sweet little angels you little see. Fat, little of, uh, fat baby yeah, angels. With little tiny penises most of the time. They're uh or covered with, with wreaths or Leaves or something. They protect the Garden of Eden. Okay. The entrance to the Garden of Eden. Interesting. Bum, bum, ba, ba, bum, 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 <laughs> In bum. the Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the connection there. Yeah, that's 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 the connection. That's, that's a it's musical connection we just made. Yep. Those are the cherubs in the Garden of Eden. Yeah. That, that's what, uh, who, Iron. Cherub Rock with. What, what's that band? Iron Butterfly? Yeah. They were singing I, about Iron. Cherub, that, that Cherub Rock is about. Yeah. Iron Butterfly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, w- what do you do? You feel like this is a and all connected to cherubs or anything? Is it just like a? No, like their names usually are kind of like yeah, they kind of yeah. just add a name onto it, like a rhinoceros. Yeah. There's nothing about a rhinoceros in there, as far as I could tell. Rhinosaurus, but yes, yeah, sure. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I'm my mistake. Cherub, and then yeah, Iron Butterfly. We're just we're missing the names up on purpose, if you can't tell this time. But um, I don't know. I don't think it had much to do with that at all. Just kind of names. Yeah, it seems like the kind of style that this kind of you know this day and age was. With st- just name something. Yeah, they cool kind of just throw a name on. And I, I mean, I feel like if I was in a band and and uh, you know as we're as we're writing a song or recording whatever, and often some somebody will say something or make some funny joke about something that will become the name. Yeah. You know, as like a working title of a of a song, often will just be some stupid throwaway line that somebody said during practice or whatever. And, uh, I mean, maybe it sticks. Maybe that's something. I don't know if that's how they did it, but I feel like that's that's a very Normal thing to, I can understand that really well is like we don't have a name for the song. Oh, we'll just call it this that John said during practice. Yeah, because it was funny. It's in a big inside joke. Yeah, who knows, man? Who does know? Do real. you feel like lyrically though, um, that's like a strong point of of um, Smashing Pumpkins or a weak point or not? Or like the know. music? There's, there's the the like, names. No, like lyrics. Like like as far as we're we're talking about like oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean like, I you know I think it's cool. Um, I think I still think like this day and age too was, or that day and age maybe it's better way to say that. But, um, kind of like you can't really understand what he's saying, but that's okay. More or less, I don't know. I feel you. So you can kind of hear some stuff, but it's more or less the <laughs> melody that's hypnotizing. Sure. Yeah, and I think you can. He's good at finding melodies. Yeah, I mean he's got he can sing. He might not have a great voice, but he can sing. He can sing. He knows where he knows where to place his voice at least. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, let's, keep, let's go to the let's next go. one because it's in the same category, so there might be more to compare and contrast. Disarm. Same album. Same album.
Okay, I would like to uh, play a video for you. This is Billy Corgan rides a roller coaster. Okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was from 1979. That's so that funny. That's the next but song we're doing. Great. But, yeah, that's yeah, but um, I just I feel like his voice was so overpowering in that one. I mean, that one is much less, much yes. uh, drowned out um, the rest of the orchestration. I mean, like it's sure. much more pulled back. It's not as grungy. It's more tender. Um, and I think that once again is another mark of grunge music is that it's it's a bunch of these musicians that wanted so desperately to like write really tender and sincere music, but we're living in a very like rough and tough environment. Like, you know, they, they had to convey a toughness about them. Yeah. But, but some of like the most classic, um, grunge songs are these super, uh, chilled out. You know what I mean? Like the acoustic Nirvana at MTV unplugged, is one of the most iconic grunge concerts of all time. Yeah. And it's, you know, two acoustic guitars, an acoustic bass, and a cello, and a guy playing with brushes. It's like that, but yeah, that's somehow iconic of, of grunge. Yeah. You bring up, you bring up Courtney, Courtney Love. Oh, I just was checking out. Okay, so the, uh, that would have been 93. Okay. Next year would have been 94. And then that was the whole Kurt Cobain's death right. thing, right? And then Courtney Love was apparently fooling around with Billy Corrigan. Right. So that's the connection there. Um, but I was just looking that up. I wanted to see if there's any more information on it. But yeah, I wasn't digging too hard. This ain't a corny love podcast. But, sure. But yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting because um, I feel like there's a, like this kind of this was the mainstream breakout for Smash Pump. Yes, Siamese Dream was there when they hit critical success. Yes, which they accredit that to becoming the new Nirvana. They went. What does he say? We've graduated from the next Jane's Addiction to okay. the next Nirvana. Now we're the next Pearl Jam. Interesting. I think I, that was there was a falling. Okay, okay. There's a douchebaggery about that quote. Um, well, I think just about like the Smashing Pumpkins as a whole. And there's kind of they're kind of like a pretty uh, arrogant. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I get the same vibe. And I remember years ago I was watching some music show on like MTV or VH1. Um, I want to say it was like later with Jules Holland. And it says what the series is called. And so Jules Holland is the host and he invites bands on or artists and they will just play and talk about their songs. Like basically what, like what we're doing, but their own songs. They know more of the history. They can basically sure. flesh them out a little bit. And, and Jules Holland asked Billy Corgan to recite the lyrics, just like to speak them as if it was a poem of 1979, which the next song we'll do. And I remember him like reciting it. And just the air about him was so arrogant and like, I don't know, like if he was mm. just like, this is such a great poem, isn't it? It's like, mm, I mm. mean, sure, like subjectively, I guess. But it, like you could tell that he was just like so proud of himself and not in a good way. I don't know. Like it, I, I feel you're saying though, like a lot of the time when I listen to them, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of kind of douchey. Yeah, it's kind of a douche. It's all right though. But hey, you can be a douche, I guess, if you're Billy Corgan. You want to hear a, a funny thing that I just remembered? Yep. Um, on my mission. Okay. Um, one of my companions before I met, like before I was with him, um, he was in a park in Hamburg, okay, Germany, and he ran into the Smashing Pumpkins. They were on tour, 
and they were just it was this big massive like city park in Hamburg, it's a massive city. Yeah. And they were just walking, and he and they were all three of them walking by, and he's like, "Hey, you guys are smashing pumpkins." They're like, "Yeah, we are." And he told me that the, they were it was three of them. They each had an item with them. One of them was carrying a half gallon of milk, drinking it from the thing. One had a jar of honey, eating it from the jar with a spoon, and one had a like a carton of blackberries. They're probably just super stoned. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying they're probably they're probably baked as hell, but also strange. Yeah, that's very strange. But like that, but there you know that that's the kind of people these guys are. They walk yeah. around the walk around. parks of Hamburg with jar yeah. of honey, yeah, with a spoon. What the? That's wild. I wonder if they can attest to that. Well, I can sure they can. I'm sure he's not lying, <laughs> but like. That's a bit wild story to make up, but what if they remember that? What if they don't yeah. remember that? I'll be like, yeah, yeah, that was the time we did a bunch of mushrooms in Germany. That's pretty know. interesting. Whatever. Okay. Next song, yeah, is going to be 1979. The 1979. Oh, not quite. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, this is this is probably the other most well-known song, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, my other favorite one, I would say. Yeah, my other for sure. Song. But here we go. Thank you. 
What do you like about that one? Uh, drums are really cool. I think the drums. I love the Wii. The Wii. The Wii. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the drums are rocking. I yeah, like they the, do. They really good, are good dynamic super, in that song. super tight. Yeah, just grooving. Yeah. I think you can hear really good through that speaker, too. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Yeah, that's pretty Shout cool. out to Marshall. Please yeah. sponsor us. No, <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that'd be sweet. Dude, I saw one of those. Same speaker at Best Buy that was like as big as your TV. Really? It wasn't that, I mean, that big, but it was it's huge. Big. It was like it was like the an, same, like same model, the big. Yeah. Really? Same, huh. same size knobs, too, which I thought was funny. Interesting. Same size knobs. And just like, boom. I was like. Like a 12 speaker, you think? Or how big was it? 10? Uh, yeah, probably like a 10 inch speaker. Interesting. They could have put a 12 in it, I'm sure, but it was big. It was fat. But it was Sounds just a Bluetooth speaker. Very interesting. Yeah. Pretty cool. But yeah, my, shout out to Marshall. Cool, cool stuff. But yeah, shout out to Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing. So at this point, what, what year are we in at this point? 95. Okay. So, and, and now we're going to make a big jump. Yes. Because we're going to go break up. We're going to go 98 and then 2000. And then they did a good job on quitting and stopping, okay. I think, for sure. Yeah, because I mean, cause to, me, to me, the big question is how well does this aesthetic and sound translate into the 2000s, the 2010s, and coming up the 2020s? You know what I mean? Like, and, and also taking into account the, the aging of the members, you know what I mean? How, how much does their changing life or lives still have a, have a outlet in this type of music. You know what I mean? Like does 50 year old Billy Corgan still have something to say that fits within the smashing pumpkins aesthetic? Sure. You know, he's no longer 20 and, and doing drugs and getting depressed and you know, maybe he is doing drugs and getting depressed, but like it's not the same sort of thing. No, it's not the same image and it's not. And also it's not the same like, cultural view of that as well. You know what I mean? Like people always talk about how the eighties was, was a hell of a decade because cocaine and like thing, it was just crazy. Sure. I mean, at least among like celebrities and things like that. Yeah. And musicians. Whereas now it's, it's probably not going to be that well accepted or a little worse. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but it's definitely different. And so like, that to me is like the question we kind of ask ourselves coming into these last two songs when we get to them, but I, I still want to talk about this one a little more, but like I would say looking forward to the last two, how has that affected their sound and is it for better or worse in our, in our opinions, I guess. The last two songs we played? The, the, the next two. Like oh, the, the next the, the two. The last being the, the final two. Yeah, um, like, okay. Like as you go forward, as we will in, in a few minutes. I will. I, so I, I like, okay, from the Adore album, I love the song Blank Page. It's with the piano. Okay. I don't know if you remember that one. I don't. But I like that song a lot. The one uh, that I had from Adore on my on my last few that I, like one of, it was one of the last ones that I took off my list. Let me let me pull it up. Um, it was. Hmm. I mean, I thought it was Adore's pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I had the original album cover on one of my planners when I was on my mission. Oh, really? Interesting. And I had one of the, the APs wrote me a no- note and said, hey, this is, you shouldn't have this. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. I was like, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, I hope, I hope told that, me it was that uh, this, this podcast can, can give a few people a slight look into the, the idea of Mormonism and LDS missions as well. <laughs> sure, sure. It's such a strange, I tell Kevin about sometimes, I'm like, dude, some of the things that people said to me about music specifically, oh, like, yeah, I'm dude. like, Dude, why do you care? 
and just like, let me live no my opinion. life exactly you have no opinion whatever but that's neither here nor there yeah, but yeah, yeah. but the, uh, for all those who who never served a mission or don't know about lds missions that's a slight taste yeah just a little bit of a wee yeah but that was kind of funny that's my adore that's why i always think of like think of that album cover cool album cover yeah very and nice. cool like i said i like that song a lot and then so okay so we're gonna jump so we're gonna go 90 okay 95 is what we just played they have it adore was 98 and then 2000 was machina 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 yeah, yeah, but you know, Machina, yeah, sure. I'm try- yeah, and that Machina's of God. Machina. Um, and then they, they broke up, okay, and then they got back together, right? And then they, this next one was not written with the original other guitarist and the drummer, okay. This was like filling guys, and I remember Oceana, that's the name of the song, or that's the, that's album. the album, right? Okay. And I remember when this came out, and I listened to the whole thing, and I thought it was really interesting and really weird. But it's uh, this is gonna—I think this is gonna be a really good kind of branch into the um, modern age of what the Smashing Pumpkins okay. will continue to do. Okay, okay. so this is gonna be the song "Pinwheels" from Oceana. Okay. <laughs>
Yeah, I would say I would say that kind of answers the question about how does how does the Smashing Pumpkins sound translate into 2010s music trends? I yeah. and I, I'm trying to think back to like the music of when I graduated, like 2012, we graduated that year, and I feel like it doesn't quite fit. Like it still has a Smashing Pumpkins twist to it that doesn't quite fit with that era of music. Okay, but but I I see what where they were coming from, um, and I think the acoustic guitar was. Uh, I mean, they had other acoustic songs earlier in their discography, but I think that was a nice choice in that one. I dug the acoustic guitar sounds very chinky. Yeah. Yeah. That, can I say that? Is that? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, that's a good description word for that. I think for sure. Um, but I dug it. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Well, okay, okay, I think that the hard rock kind of I don't know. The guitar tone's very more modern sounding. Yeah. Like when it comes to like the whole sparkliness yeah. maybe behind it. 
yeah, less dirt overall. And if there's any dirt, it's in the form of distortion rather than fuzz. Like sure. it's more like laser focused than just like uh, Velcro, like ripping yeah. fuzz, um, which is what they were known for from the first few albums. Yeah, Velcro ripping fuzz, I like that description. Uh, another douche baggy Corrigan lines that you don't deserve me, but I deserve you. <laughs> It's very interesting. It is interesting, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's like, I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense in my mind, but. So I want to Cause give if, a Because sh- if, cause if he, it, it, let's break that down. Cause yeah. Because if, if she doesn't deserve him, but he deserves her. Assuming it is talking about an actual person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what does that. And uh, you know I mean, saying? Like, let, let's, let's take it as the most charitable, like the most self-deprecating way, maybe. You know, maybe he's basically saying, you don't deserve me as in. You don't deserve the hell I've put you through, but I deserve you in a sense of like, I deserve you leaving me for all I did. Like, you know what I mean? I deserve what you become because I created you in a way. Or like the sadness that you give me. I yeah. Like, yeah, in a way. meaning to this. But yeah. But, but I mean, but also if we're being not charitable, basically saying I'm so freaking awesome and you're, you're shit. And but you I deserve, deserve you. Yeah, exactly. But see, I think it's funny that he uses the word deserve you because it's like, I deserve you, but that means that she's of some wealth. As I'm worth. At yes. Least. Yes. Well, yeah. She's she, she's under, yeah. She's like worth she's, something. We, she's yes, valuable. There you go. There you go. She's valuable to him in some way that he deserves her, but that means she doesn't deserve. Yeah. Does, or does, he doesn't deserve. She, yeah. 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 So I'm getting back. Doesn't her her worth come from her make, being like somebody who who deserves deserve, things? And well, and, and yeah. then yes, yes, and then also that deserves Billy, right? Yeah. Of course. Because. You don't deserve me, but I deserve you. That means that she's in like a roundabout way. That's her better than being better than him, right? Yeah, you know I think saying? so. Um, I, I mean, maybe, I've, maybe he's being super humble. But for it, a long time, I've, I've. This is like kind of a weird philosophical <laughs> thing, but like, I feel like people often will ask questions like that about like what people deserve, and as I think about it, it's it's very abstract. Like, yeah, how mean, do you deserve? You don't deserve something? anything. Yeah, exactly. Like. Who gets to decide? You can break. You can rob a bank. Doesn't mean you deserve that money. You right. still have it. But but then also on the flip side, do you deserve jail time or a punishment? It's like yeah. Well, maybe. But like, what, what were your reasons for stealing? Does that does that even come into play? Well, what's that? What's that philosopher who says that? Oh my gosh, uh, stealing is justified if you need to eat. Well, basically, it's it's the the anti uh, Kantian because Kant had the thing called the um, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose the term that he always used but the moral imperative is what he called it basically the moral imperative is honesty okay and and so down to the down to the idea of like if let's say somebody breaks into your house with a knife or a gun and says where's your family it would be immoral for you to lie to them and say oh they're not here basically he he's saying if you want to be a truly ethical moral person to the highest degree you would have to tell them oh yeah they're they're back in the bedroom under the bed because lying is the actual immoral thing yeah more immoral than letting somebody die or Killing right. somebody in a way, yeah, 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 causing their death. Um, whereas somebody who's you know has used opposed to Kant would say, no, of course, like you, you, you range the ethical or moral goodness or badness of things based on their uh, um, yeah, what's results. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Whereas Kant says, no, you don't even have to think about that. All you think about is, am I being honest? Yeah, which is yeah, I would say most people today are not Kantian. Not honest. No, as in, as in they, 
think that the results actually do come into play. Oh yes, like yes, yeah, yes, and yes, yes. I mean, and so like the the, the most common way to like kind of gauge what where you sit in this spectrum of Kant to I don't kind of think of the guy that would be like the opposite, but um, the trolley problem. It's like okay, is it is it moral to like cause like do, do should you think about the results of um, what what you do? So basically, if if, if somebody was if a trolley was coming down the tracks and it's about to kill five people, but you could push someone in front of the trolley and stop it from killing the five people that kill that one person, Kant would say no because you are then killing that person, whereas you yeah. wouldn't be killing. But somebody else says no, you got to think of the results of your actions or di- or inactions as well. Yeah, that's interesting. The trolley but, problem. But, yeah, We've done the trolley problem. That was like, that's like, philosophy 120 yeah that, that's yeah, that's very there. basic you can learn a lot of things about what you value with yeah. different variations on the trolley problem there's one that i really like about where it. it's about you and i are both viewing this thing okay you okay. and i are both viewing the trolley yep and i mean it's it's you've probably seen it in in um the dark night okay so this trolley's coming down the thing down the down the tracks and you it's about to kill five people that you know Okay. Personally, your family. Okay. And you, if you pull this lever, it will divert the track onto another track that kills five uh, strangers, people that neither of us know. Yes. Okay. I have the same dilemma. But if we both pull, it will kill all 15 of them. It will kill your five and the, and the five we don't know and my five. So if, if only one of us pulls, then I get to watch. Like, so let's say you pull and I don't. I have to watch my family die, but I know that your family, you at least get to survive. And I have the satisfaction knowing that you didn't have to kill your family. If neither of us do, then it kills, I want to say just the middle five. Oh, so we don't pull the five. Yeah, if, if, if neither of us do, I say, you know what, whatever. Then I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but basically, if there's a chance that you pulling the lever will make your family and my family die, is it worth pulling the lever Interesting. I can't remember exactly how it is, but but that's, that's crazy. That's like a, a kind of a kind of twist yeah, yeah, on yeah. it. Does 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 uh, the real question is asking is if you know the people, does it make their worth, their lives worth anymore? Yes. To you, it it probably does. Well, I think to everybody. That's uh, the, yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, but but maybe some people might say, oh no, like to me it would be the same life. exactly. You know, and then that yeah, that they're full answer a question about yeah. I agree. <laughs> I, feel, I feel the same as you. Um. Yeah. Interesting perspective interesting little jump there we made i like that philosophy a little philosophizing <laughs> someday we'll get into a philosophy podcast i'm sure dude yeah but maybe we can even philosophize about billy corgan and smashing pumpkins being yeah well, i'm sure they, they're big enough philosophy i can only imagine yeah yeah you gotta be when you're that introspective very true and i feel like when you've grown up yeah in. and the angry music to the not angry music and still sure. maybe being angry music i don't know yeah. When you make this much money, how could you be angry? I I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. That it, that is that is makes you a little less about. angry, right? Yeah, I, I can only imagine. <laughs> like, and and that's kind of the funny thing about it is like when you, if you set out to make angry music, let's let's take Metallica as an example that most people like mainstream wise they're on the angry side of things, and yet they're multimillionaires. Yeah, it's like how angry. At this are point, you yeah, at this point when you make an album, can I really take it seriously? Yeah, not really. Like you know, you're living in a mansion. With never you never you don't have to worry about medical debt. 
Yeah. Anything like that, your kids are never going to worry about student debt. Yeah. Anything like that, it's like, yeah. how angry can you really be? Yeah, yeah. Is it all just prostering at that point? But whatever. Freaking world we live in is crazy. It is. It's very crazy. Okay, so now we're going to jump. 2012, that was okay. Like I said, it was a little different, a little weird, yeah. very different sounding, very cool. Um, moments to an elegy, 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 I'm not saying, whatever. <laughs> elegy. Monuments to an elegy, what? Elegy. An elegy, I was right, okay. Yeah. Um, didn't like that one. No bueno for me. Yeah, agreed. And then same thing with the shiny and oh so bright. Agreed. Like, And yeah, then and I CYR, I liked the color of love. I did too. Yeah, I did too. I almost picked that song. This is just a little more concise songwriting to me. That's what I like about this one. And okay. that's what I think I didn't like about your last pick was that the intro was so long. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like the guitar plays at least I think one more section too long in my opinion. Yeah, and I and you know that's but hey here or there but it's here. I mean, yeah, it is now. If it wasn't before, it's now here. But yeah, I don't know. Color Love was cool, but you picked CYR. Do we say it? Is there some way to say it? It's all capitalized. So I'm going to say CYR. See, but like the the title of the album is, is capitalized, but the song is C, capital, lowercase y. Oh, is it? Lowercase r. I missed that then. Um, they then... Sh- they should have done CTR if we're going to go back to Mormon kind of yeah, shout outs. that's true. That would have been crazy. Choose the Sprite. But here we go. Um, I want to coke his place before you. <laughs> CYR, 2020. So this was November of 2022. So... This would Less have been, than a year ago. yeah, pandemic. Yep, right. It's pandemic music, right here. Yeah, heck yeah. Okay, here we go.
It's the child is meek, as weak as sand. Turn a glass upside down. Uh, smashing pumpkins on the dance floor in uh, Dubai would sound like that's. A, I feel like that's a that's sure. Hearing. Yeah, 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 totally, dude. Absolutely, you're like German, dude. Germany. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. Old, old. Yeah, it's like on. Uh, they like that club music. What's that? Um, that movie, The Big Lebowski. There's that that German, like, uh, techno band that that comes to the Big Lebowski's house. They're like behind. They have the, the weasel. Yeah. Like throw in the tub when he's in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's actually <laughs> Flea. Do you know that Flea is one of the one of the is not one of the ones that speaks. But there's like the three guys that come to this house, and one of them is Flea from Red Hot Chili the, Peppers, the bassist. The guy that pees in the wait, 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 wait. No, so there's a scene where it's it's a little bit after that hold scene on, hold at on. the toilet. Um, but it's they they, they they throw a ferret in the tub while he's in there, and like a tax is crossed. Oh yeah, that's one, right. It's one of the three guys that's okay. there is Flea. That's so from, funny. From Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. He's been in like three different movies as just like a non-speaking cameo role, and that's one of them. That's way funny, yeah. dude. Well, I didn't know There's that. There's no connection to this. Hey, but hey, maybe it was Billy Corgan too. Maybe he was in there. I don't know. I could, yeah, but like this one, I like, I did like it. Like I said, it's very concise. It's got great tones. It's well mixed. Um, but it just like, it's too polished. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, yeah, dude. I can't take it seriously. No. In a lot of ways. Shouldn't. I, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't. What would, what would, what would, uh, Kant say about that? That you shouldn't take this Probably seriously? I, I don't think so, yeah. He wouldn't think about the results of me not taking it seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, You shouldn't lie about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, you shouldn't take it seriously. <laughs> the moral imperative is to be honest about yeah, your well, feelings. Yeah. Pick I and mean, choose your philosophy. Yeah, I guess. But overall... Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins. Um, good what, band. This is another question where we can be like, when did you beat the horse yeah. to death? Yeah, I when think, do you call that? When do you throw in the towel? Yeah, I think some of their stuff will withstand the test of time. Some of it will not. No, I would say the majority of it will not, in no. my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, that's just me. And if you want to tear my head off for that, that's fine. Um, but in reality, that don't matter. No. The thing that matters is whether they had fun making it. And I'm sure they did, or they probably wouldn't have done it. And they're going to keep doing it, I'm sure, too. Yeah, so. and that's cool. And if you like it, more power to you, baby. It's true. You enjoy every one of these songs, and you listen to every album that comes out, from now until they die. Because shout out to Smashing Pumpkins, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. They got more, more uh, wherewithal than I do, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't think I could handle that, that life. No. Not even close. Yeah, no way. Okay, what's the next band? Oof. Give it to me. It's a good question. To be honest, 
I, I haven't hear. thought about it until right now. But luckily, I you have, have a list. A list. Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is this through. last time we did this was a good list. We got a good man. We got a good guy from your from your spot on the okay, list. Okay. Here we go. Mandolin orange. Interesting. Mandolin orange. Yeah. Not mandarin. Not mandarin. Orange. Yes. Mandolin orange. Mandolin. Which is that racist? A man mandarin orange. Is that a racist? Uh, is that racist? I don't think so. No, you think that's you think that's okay? I think we'll look into that. Okay. We'll, 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 the <laughs> we'll first report thing back next, next week. week. Is, yeah, we'll back next week with, with a definitive answer of whether or not the term Mandarin orange is racist. <laughs> and we're actually going to become, that's, this is actually our, our segue into the fact we're changing our, our uh, format. We're just going to make a list of things, whether or not they are racist or not. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be objective. <laughs> it's going to be objective. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, we've taken some fun turns on this podcast today. This was a good one r- related to the Smashing Pumpkins. But yeah, thanks mandolin, for allowing us to have this discussion. Yeah, mandolin orange. Oh, I'm, I'll check it out. You better. It better be some mandolin. I believe there is. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, that's, that's Biscuits and Groovy. I'm Tyler. And I'm Alex. We will see you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>